Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of what is becoming the number one podcast for men, where I sit down with everyday amazing individuals to have real honest onboard conversations by men, with men, for men and those who love or care for them, literally everybody. I am your host Ojobo Agbo and we get to see the world through the eyes of men from conversations on masculinity to money, business, love, trauma, impact, family, mental health, inventions and others. You our listeners get to learn, grow and thrive. Welcome to the Ideal Man Podcast. They say we've really started living when we are living for something bigger than ourselves. Really talking about impact and committing to a worthy cause that's beyond us as men. With me today is the founder of Church on the Street, also the founder of My Niger Food Bank, Itofa Ivara. Itofa, welcome to the Ideal Man Podcast. Thank you very, very much. It's my absolute pleasure to be here today. I think this conversation has um, been a long time coming. Like we've always asked ourselves, okay, where, when are you going to be on the Ideal Man podcast? When are you going to be on the Ideal Man podcast? And I'm really happy that you're here with me today. It's an absolute dream. I'm excited. Looking forward to the whole conversation today. Whoa. So some of you that, that may follow me on social media, um, you probably have seen me write or tweet or um, post on Instagram some point about my bromance. <laughs> I'm the famous bromance. <laughs> <laughs> That's Itofa Ivara. Like I said, I'm so happy to have you on this conversation. And uh, we're really going to drill in, drill in conversations around impact committing to what they call how can we make the world a better place for ourselves as men and make the world a better place as men right and like i rightly said we've only started living when we are living for something beyond ourselves and when you look at it generally you you you, you can't think of living for something beyond yourself when you're consciously and always living in the present what do you think Mm. i really really agree because even life in itself it's a it's a continuum it's meaning that where you are today is not where you'll be tomorrow so for you to be very for you to be able to live a life-changing lifestyle or lead a life-changing lifestyle you need to be futuristic thinking beyond yourself amazing talking of thinking beyond yourself a question I want to throw from time to time, as regards impact, what is your biggest dream? Mm. As I was becoming a billionaire, to be able to have a pool of, uh, you know, like Sarah and chicken and all that stuff, right? But the truth for, for me, it's really seeing a world where no family ever has to go to bed hungry. That's my biggest dream that I can wow. be a part of leading that kind of change or initiative. Wow, that's amazing. I, I, I don't want to... That, that that dream is too big a dream to allow you to say it in just two sentences. Mm. So I'm going to allow you to keep writing. All right. So, OJ, for me, my dream is to see that no family ever has to go to bed hungry in Nigeria. Um, and this is because I share a very similar story. Hopefully, as we go on, I'll be able to talk more about it. You know, growing up as a child, I, you know, people see me today and just be like, ah, this guy is inspiring. I was not born into opulence. You know, people were born with silver spoon. I had parents who really loved God and played a really crucial role in my journey. But the truth was, I didn't just become this guy. So for me, my dream is to see that I'm a part of a world where no family ever has to go to bed hungry. Whether he's doing that through food banks, whether he's doing doing that through building schools, partnering with local schools. OJ, you won't believe that. The very first child I ever paid tuition for was 700 naira. This guy was at home for four days. He had not gone to school for four days because his parents could not afford 700. So imagine being... So my dream is just to be able to be part of that kind of process where I'm a part of somebody's testimony and story. Wow, that's some huge impact that you're you're, you're really thinking of making and creating. And the, the good thing about it is that you're already on that journey, right? It's something that you're already doing. Talking about paying school fees mm. for as low as 700 naira, 
and the boy couldn't go to school. Wow, that's something touching and not too far away from impact. So the, the, the next thing I want us to just play our thoughts around, what does impact mean mm. to you? Mm. What does impact mean to you? Just unravel the word, the word impact mm. and the experience called impact. What does it mean to you? Amazing. Before I answer that question, I just want to iterate that OJ is already doing something similar as well with the boys already. So if you're listening to these podcasts, whatever part of the world you're listening to from, Ojibwe is creating an opportunity for people like you and I to lead a life-changing, you know, lifestyle. So there are kids. Would you maybe want to talk about how much the tuition? Okay, amazing. Um, over the last two years, as um, an organization, the Ideal Man Initiative, we've been doing projects in secondary schools, in public schools, really mentoring boys to become better men. Mm. And then one of the things that we noticed is um, the fact that, for example, we are done with this term, right? Then going to the next term, and we see that the boys that we work with, yeah. some of them are no longer in school. Mm. They are not able to come to school and mm. all that. And like when our, when our team got to speak with maybe the head of school or the mentor of the school who was guide, who was helping us out, sadly got to our notice that some of these boys very intelligent boys mm. very participatory in our mentorship sessions maybe their parents do not have enough money to keep them in school or to even pay for their fees at mm. all you know those are two different mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. it's possible for you to pay the fees of your child yeah. but then you're not able to keep them in school and when we're like, okay, let's really know how much this money is. I, I, there's a joke I use, mm. I now use it to make, and I call it pizza money, mm. right? Because these boys have, they can go to school for just 6,500 naira, and that's like the size of a big pizza. Yeah. So like wow. when I'm eating one mm. big pizza, as much as I want to enjoy life, mm. yeah, I'm also thinking like, <laughs> this can keep one boy in school. Do you understand? So, um, Coming to the start of this session, one of the things we are looking at is seeing how we can keep 100 boys in schools. Mm. We want to see how we can keep 100 boys in schools. Boys who are so passionate about education, but their parents are probably probably not well-to-do or do not have the means. We're looking at how we can get everyday persons, like you who is listening right now, to be able to um, add or contribute to a fund so that together we can say we are keeping hundred boys in school this term and in subsequent terms we can even make it even more down to seeing how we can get them new school uniforms and stuff like that and itofa really this this to an extent mm -hmm. has to do with impact so yeah. i'll just allow you to yes. continue um answering the question what does impact mean to you yeah you know, you know one of the things we're dealing with great men like with is that they are very humble so i had to you have to blow that trumpet so that's any because there's somebody listening to me now and i want to write a check of 250k or even a thousand dollars please we would need your support and this is what impact really means in itself impact is your ability to be able to live beyond yourself sure. there are people who live for themselves today and there are people who are living beyond themselves mm. look at a man like dr miles moreau he's yeah. i mean of blessed memory but he's still living today meaning that you can either live or choose to exist impact is when you start to live your your values your ideologies are living beyond you it, it becomes transcendental and it can take many expressions not everybody who start up an ngo to petition like oj is doing not everybody who start a food bank like i am doing but then there is something that you're doing in your tiny little space that's leading change that is causing somebody to live a better life that's impact so for me impact is not about the big, big trumpets the the flashy lights the everything those things are good in itself but it's my ability that because of itofa's exist existence on earth xyz got better xyz you know got access to food xyz can now go to school that's impact for me because on the long haul, when you're no longer on this scenario, you're no longer in the picture anymore, your values will continue to live. This boy OJ is talking about that paying teacher will only be 6,500 because of you, Kunle, because of you, Ada, because of you, Blessing. These boys would, would have access to dream better, live a better life, and you will be living through them vicariously. So for me, that's what impact actually means. Amazing, amazing. You really gave a smack down there. Thank you so much, Itofa, for drilling down on it. 
And um, you, you know, one of the funny things is of our, um, as much as I'm into business and all, obviously, because of the work that I do, that we get to do, we kind of play in the development space a little, right? And I won't be really wrong if um, I'm to just take that external view and say that when you think of the development space, when you think of stuff that like that has to do with impact and making the society a better place you will almost agree with me that you first think about it from the feminine angle than the masculine angle right basically what i mean is there are more there seem to be more women doing stuff for the betterment of um of the lives of people mm-hmm. right than we have men mm-hmm. right so the question i want to ask now which i want us to drill down a little on is this whole conversation around impact and committing to a worthy cause yes. why is it important and why should men even care about it mm. it's so important men should if a man doesn't care about leading impact leading change or even driving a solution the world's already in chaos right of course we know women are built naturally to be to be empathic, to be home builders, to be able to, you know, carry the home together. But the truth is, even the Bible, if everybody's listening to me as a Christian, even the Bible puts it that a man is a head. A man or a head who actually has empathy. A man, because I emphasized earlier on that impact is not about things. Impact is value. Impact is an ideology. Impact is what your presence creates. A, a head or a man who isn't thinking that way, who is narcissistic, I'm telling you that you're only existing, you're not living. So when you talk about narcissistic, I believe you're talking about it from the point of the man who just sees and pays attention to himself, Mm -hmm. himself, Mm -hmm. himself, right? Okay, so let me allow you to speak more. Why should men even care about the whole concept of creating impact Mm -hmm. and committing to a worthy cause? Yeah, so narcissism, just care about yourself, your family, your pocket, that's, that's, that's existing, not living. The reason why men should really care is because for us to be able to drive change and and create systems that would live beyond ourselves is because as men who are seen naturally as as role models, as men naturally who are seen as 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 homemakers, as people who who put in OJ, just imagine like you have a 10-year-old cousin or 11 year old cousin. They'll be like, ah, Uncle OJ, Uncle OJ. Your values naturally would seep into those kids. Your values naturally would seep into those young adults, even people who glean from you from social media. Like, man, look at OJ. I want to be like this guy. The truth is that when when men in general or men from a global populace begin to con- contribute to making the world a better place or contribute contribute to leaving significant impact in their environment, workspace, community, church, place of work, wherever it is, what happens is that they create a ripple effect. Mm. Even the women naturally will gravitate towards wanting to create impact. Mm. So I come into a space where my CEO or my HR is a very nice man who cares about the community. What happens is that I naturally enter that space it's called the pygmalion effects the psychological phenomenon i would naturally gravitate towards that space so for every man we need you to stand up because you're a role model for every man we need you to get up and be part of the system part of the change we're advocating for emphasizing because when you get up what happens is that you create a natural ripple effect that stirs a global change yeah wow that's so 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 passionate you seem very very passionate about this and I really love it. I really love it. Yeah. Um, so, so for everyone listening, uh, Itofa, sometimes mm-hmm. people ask me mm-hmm. what informed the um, start of the Ideal Man, the Ideal Man brand as a whole, both the initiative and the other things that we're bringing up. And um, specifically concerning the initiative, I point to the fact that there was a time when, okay, even before that, mm-hmm. We are both men, yes. right? We've gone through teenage. Yes, well. There are a lot of questions that you couldn't answer at that time. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave you answers yeah. for questions you had. Mm-hmm. To even scratch that, you were not even able to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a lot of things or people on the outside yeah. that you could expose what was presently happening in your mind to right who could then guide you or something like that so what led to the start of the ideal man initiative first was the fact that at some point uh, in one in one of the churches where i was attending 
um, before, I was made the head of um, the senior secondary school boys, right? I was made their coordinator. Yes, I was their coordinator. And as much as possible, I tried to be very, very friendly, make myself vulnerable to them so they could also in turn become very vulnerable to me. And from the conversations we were having, the things we were talking about, their struggles and all of that, it's over. Like I could literally see myself in some of these boys. Like looking back, I'll be like, wow, this is something I struggled with at some point. Mm. This is what was going through my head at some point. And I didn't have anybody to give me answers. Mm. I didn't have anybody who I could turn to to say, okay, this is what's happening or this is what's going through my mind. I'm trying to navigate this season of my life right that my, my my experience wasn't too different from that of those boys and i believe that's how it is also yeah. for every average yeah. guy it seems like we all go through the same experience like i remember <laughs> it's crazy like we all go through mm-hmm. the same experiences when we're going through teenage yeah. right and that's where we now start even forming mindsets around um being a man, not wanting to speak out and all, and things like that, which I think we'll be able to talk about later in the um, podcast. Yeah. But like I was rightly saying, my personal experience is not different from the experiences of these boys, mm-hmm. right? And so it's easy for me to be able to connect to them and it's easy for me to be able to build a platform or solution, right? around how they can be better men. Mm -hmm. So creating a platform that in a way wasn't created for me, which leads to the next thing that I want Mm -hmm. you to jump on. Like I said, you you seem really passionate about this thing, about about hunger, about making sure that people, um, children don't go hungry Mm -hmm. and all that. Is there a personal experience Mm -hmm. that informed your thoughts and exposure to creating impact? Mm -hmm. And committing to a worthy cause. Yeah. Well, like ton of experiences. You know, I, I was speaking because I started a mentorship program where I had I have like about six, eight people that I, I've encountered over the course of my journey. And I felt like I could share my journey with these people. I could encourage them, young people in their twenties. And I remember I was speaking to them a few days ago and I said to them, Look, you can design the blueprint of your life. Where you're coming from doesn't determine where you're going to go to. And that's the same conversation I have with my 13-year-old sister all the time. That look, wherever you are now, you can design the blueprint for your future. For me, growing up, I had parents who loved God. I had parents who... But I, but it got to a season where our my parents' finance was going through a serious plummet. Like, it was literally... I went from a Montessori school to school where we used to fly fence. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A school where we, I, I was in a class with Philippines, with guys from Philippines, Afghanistan, to a school where we used to fly friends and call grass. That was how terrible it was. But And at that time, it didn't really seem fair. Like, because I saw my friends, people were, it's like, God, this is unfair. What are you doing to me? What's, what's, what was going on? You know, because I kind of felt like the culture of my life was reducing, reducing, reducing. Until I got to a school, one school called, I'm not even called the name of the school, but there was a boarding school I did my, I did one term in. And in that school, it was a school where, Oh my goodness, it was it was a terrible experience. But I could see the trajectory of my life was already going to a particular direction. Mm. And that direction was poverty. Wow. Poverty. As I'm speaking to you, right, I've gone to sell bread and mineral in a, in, a, in all this uncompleted building where yeah. people used to site workers. I've gone to sell bread and mineral in it in that kind of building before. But you will not, you will not know. Yeah. It's my story, right? So I've been there, I've seen it. And what I now, in retrospect now, I see that God was allowing me to go through that path so that when we begin to work with children later in the future, it wouldn't be something that I read from the books. It wouldn't mm. be something that I saw in the United Nations Global Report. It would be something that I have been, I have experienced, I have seen. I, I When I'm conversing with children, when worry, um, in February now, the yeah. Yara community where we had partnered with the school, you know, to build a free school for the children. And when I went on the visit after they had launched the school, and we're engaging with the children, I could feel where these kids were. Mm. I could feel, I, I could feel, I could literally feel it. there was empathy, right? So for me, my passion comes from a place where I know what it means to have scarce resource. I know what it means to have paucity of finance. I know what it means to see a parent who love you, want to give you everything, but they can't because it's not within their means. And the only thing they can give to you is values, ideologies. OJ, you know, hopefully when we go up, we speak about the role of mentors and father figures. I had 
God just placed people on my path that kept resounding it. If not OJ, I would have been a bad boy. I probably would have had like three children by now. <laughs> because the path with which I was going was very deadly. But I had people who would tell me, don't lose sight, don't lose sight. And they were treating me like I was on 30-something-year-old when I was only 15, 14 years old, you know. So those roles of those people that they played in my journey was, was sowing seeds in my heart. And by the time I finally got independence and I went to university, the only thing I was thinking about was how can I, how can I leave this place? How can I make this place a better place after I leave in? And it gave birth to all the work we're currently doing for children now. Amazing, amazing. The work with Church on the Street, Nigeria, and my Niger Food Bank. Itofa, thank you so much for really drilling down on your personal experience. Thank you for the vulnerability and um, choosing this platform as an opportunity and a place where you can share your story. We do not take it for granted. Thank you for sharing this with us at the Ideal Man Podcast. Yeah, um, and down leading to the next um, conversation, which we are just going to bounce bounce on about. I don't think I would have known a lot about mm. you mm. if um, there wasn't if if, if you, you weren't putting mm. things out there, right? Which is leading to what I want to mm. ask, and I, I want to tie it down to men. Yes, yes, yes. There are many people who are listening right now who have better stories mm. than your story. Mm. There are many people listening who have worse stories than your story, right? But then, like I said, I'm able to connect and know about what you're doing because you have been able to document. You've been able to... Um, and, and right, I, I think that that's a, one thing that impact, do, mm. impact does or impact requires, yeah. right? And you were speaking about a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And the whole ripple effect thing, I, I feel it comes when people know what's happening or knows knows what has happened, yeah. right? So let's just let's just jump around this um, thought. You're really big up yeah. on the need for people to share their stories. Yeah. Why we why people should share their stories? Why they mm. should document their mm. encounters? Mm. This is something that we don't see a lot of men doing. So while you're speaking, you'll tell me if this is true or not, right? Mm -hmm. And why do you think a lot of men do not share their stories mm -hmm. or document their journey? Yeah. I think a narrative has been sold to us that says that it's not okay to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I've, I, I, having done this for a while, I realized that people want to connect with you more when they, they can see part of themselves in you. So manhood is not saying that, ah, no, I'm James Bond. I'm a hard guy. I'm Jason Statham. That's not manhood. Manhood is knowing that, look, I can cry too. I, I'm hungry to look. I don't have money. But you know what? I have dreams, right? Someone sold the narrative of, of, of us being hard guys. And the real hard guy is a guy that can actually share his journey and get himself back together. That's a real hard guy. No hard guy that you're a hard guy, you're hard to everybody. You can't express yourself. You're bottling up everything. No, that's no hard guy. The real man, real manhood stems from a place where you you can share your journey. You you can you can share your story. And some people may just feel like, oh, my story is not solid enough. Let me tell you, nobody has a solid story. But your story is a part of a global jigsaw puzzle that somebody will find a part of themselves in it. Mm. That's why you, you need to tell your story. Who would have ever thought that someday... Oxfam will give me an award for feeding hungry children. Yeah, Who would have ever right. thought that United Nations would find me and give me Millennium Fellowship one day? It's, it's that a guy was sometime hungry. Like, it's you need to put your story out there. And to answer the question, um, why people should document your journey, I feel like it's a thing of perspective, OJ. OJ, I was telling the guys yesterday at training, and I said to them that, do you know that I took a picture of my apartment back in school? Mm -hmm. Because when I become president of Nigeria... And somebody sees me speaking somewhere in South Africa or somewhere in Egypt or somewhere in Canada. And, and they're like, this guy is, is made. Yeah. I will show them that, look, there was a process. Yeah. There was a time where I lived in a place called Osasogi in Benin. That's a ghetto. In fact, there's ghetto and there's ghetto. I was living in ghetto, <laughs> not ghetto. Bro, so, and I did that just so that pe people can see and experience. And I feel why it, one of the reasons why a lot of people don't document their journey is because they don't have what they don't know where they are going to they don't have a sense of where they are going to mm. they may think they do but the truth is if i know oj i'm going to document this and show it in a few years when he gets nominated maybe for a grammy or something i'm like oj i was here i was at your office in 2022 we did this together 
Why? Because you know, you know what you've done again. You send a message to the universe that look, yeah. this is so important, and I'm documenting it. So I'm going to encourage everybody. I say this a lot to my guys in the twenties. Document your journey. The days when you're jumping or cadre. The days when you are entering buses. Document it. Not because you're looking for help or pity party. You're doing it because you know a day will come when you're sitting on, in a first class or business class, and somebody's saying that ah, these lucky people. See my brother, look at my picture when I did this. I was aging Okada, so that's why you need to document your journey. It's it impacts the community, and it, it impacts your story, it changes the lives of people. There are people who have never spoken to me, OJ, yeah. but just from gleaning from this whole documenting thing, you're like, Man, man, bro, like I got a call from somebody who was far away in the Netherlands. We only I've never met him, yeah. we only have a mutual friend, and he said to me, Man, man, I've been following your journey, man. Like, it's when are you coming to the Netherlands? Like, I would like to host you. Do you know how, why? We've, the first time we're talking, because he's seen a part of himself in my story. Mm. That's, that's so amazing. That's so amazing. One of the things that I picked from what you just said is how that our story, the, the, the fact that we can document and share our story acts as a connector, mm-hmm. right? Connects us mm-hmm. to people who can be inspired mm-hmm. by our stories, yes, right? And also connect us, like you just said, the guy from Netherlands, to people who have the ability to help us, yeah. right? Still talking about like sharing um, stories, mm-hmm. I want us to drill down, still drill more mm-hmm. on why why it is important mm-hmm. to um, share our stories mm-hmm. as men. You have mm-hmm. rightly said that one of the reasons why we don't share is because we do not want to be vulnerable. Yeah. We do not want to be vulnerable. Yeah, I, I, obviously you'll be able to remember um, oh, yeah. the book project yeah, that we did yeah, where we yes. give it a give a thousand copies we, we gave a thousand copies of my book yeah. to boys in um, secondary schools mm-hmm. and one of the one of the things that inspired that I, I think i've already shared earlier how we we're doing a mentorship work with boys in schools one of the things we saw is that we di- really didn't have resources that's mm-hmm. educational resources that mm-hmm. speaks directly to the experiences of a teenage boy wow. Right. Wow. So um, we're having pop-up projects in mm. schools. So, for example, we're in this school today and we're having a mentorship session on um, sex education. We're in another school talking about finances. Then another school, we're talking about um, self-confidence. Then mm. in another school, we're mm. talking about goal setting. Mm. Another. So what, one of the things we saw is that the schools that we were having this pop-up um, school project, they were just having a bit, right? Mm. So these guys hear about self um, confidence, and mm-hmm. they don't hear about any other thing again from us. Another school just hears about their career. They mm-hmm. hear nothing again from mm-hmm. us. So we're thinking, how can we curate all of these stories, all of these learnings, all of these experiences, mm-hmm. right? So that a boy who we probably are not able to come to the school, yeah. we can use that to set up mentorship sessions in their school, mm-hmm. right? And like I said, when we really looked around, mm-hmm. There were no story, no stories, no books documented that really talks to the teenage boy, yeah. right? And that was one of the things that uh, informed the writing of that book. And by virtue of being, I'm just picking up yeah. some of the things you said, by virtue of being able to document my story, mm-hmm. and the good and amazing thing about it is the fact that it wasn't just my story mm-hmm. I was sharing. Mm-hmm. I was sharing the story of, every teenage boy yeah. i was sharing the story of every man who has yeah. gone through yeah. um teenage yeah. like you rightly said there are people who will see a part of themselves mm. in you mm. when you share your mm. when you share your story mm. and by virtue of releasing that book getting the book into the hands of um we're privileged we're privileged to have done 900 or something wow. boys right now by virtue of getting it into their hands yeah. By just flipping the pages, you can literally see yourself through the story, right? The Life of Jason Jama is the name of the book. And Jason Jama is every teenage boy presently. Jason Jama is every man who at some point went through teenage, right? So I'm just, I'm just really gleaning off what you had said. The fact that when we share our story and document our journey, there are people that can learn from it, right? Okay. Now let's come back into the conversation. I was saying, why is it that men, many men do not um, document? Mm. Why is it that many men do not um, share? Mm-hmm. So now let's roll it into the thing around mentorship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because in a way, it kind of connects, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Being able to 
um, impart a part of yourself yeah. in someone else. Mm-hmm. And um, and being able to, as a mentee, learn from somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So let me just allow you to roll. You had, yeah. Earlier, you were talking about some people who you were privileged to yeah. have around yeah. you that um, acted as accountability systems, yeah. guided your mm-hmm. path, mm-hmm. right? So just drill down a little on mentorship yeah. and the need for mentorship as it relates to how, as men, we can create impact and do something bigger than ourselves. There's an incredible man I would really want to honor in this call, and his name is Mr. Akimbola Akini. That's my best friend's dad. And I remember that growing up as a young teenager, 13, 14, in fact, he was the very first person that said to me, Topa, are you praying for Mrs. Topa? As young as probably 14, 15, he said, are you praying for Mrs. Topa? I was like, how can I be praying at 14? And he he, he shared his practical story with me, how they'll go to uncompleted buildings and spend the whole night praying for their future partners. And then he even went as far as calling his colleagues so that I put it on loudspeaker so that I can hear that it wasn't just a theoretical thing he was saying to me. He had no idea what he had done for me. Everybody now is screaming, Mrs. Tova, Mrs. Tova, Mrs. Tova. Bro, I've been praying for this woman behind the scenes, you know. And the thing is, men like that have helped me set the pace. Men like that have, have, have taught me what it means to lead a family life. You know, we have, you know, our I was going to say Pastor Veladro. <laughs> Our daddy, FD, you know, has played such a phenomenal, even maybe you probably have never had a one-on-one encounter, but just gleaning and seeing balance in family life, ministry, the passion for the nation is something that you realize, business as well, is something that you realize this is a holistic lifestyle. So as a young man, you're listening to this call now, the truth is, it's in, mentorship is so important. It's like standing on the shoulders of people who have seen before you, and then they are guiding you. And it's also another thing to have mentors. It's another thing to be teachable. Mm. So many people have people that are giving them do I this, do this, but they are not teachable. And one of the reasons why a lot of people are not teachable is because they don't have a sense of vision. Mm. People have vision that was, that they gave to them. They don't have a vision that they captured for themselves. Mm. So, so a guy who caught a vision for himself, not a vision that his parents gave to him, you must become a doctor, you must become an engineer, you must become a pastor, a vision he caught for himself, that guy would document his journey. That guy, when they tell him, bro, you have to read books, you will read. Stop this. There was a time my, my one of my mentors said to me, Pastor, he said, too far, this means too far, you're writing on social media. Stop it. I stopped. Mm. I didn't say, why are you just, I, I don't mean it. He said, stop it. And for that season, I stopped. I now understood that it, it made me, stay more focused and be able to process my thought and even hear what god was saying to me mm. regarding finding a wife so so it's super important that there are men god will put in your in your life and in your in in every pocket of your journey god oh did you know god always puts people on our journey very true sometimes they don't really look like kids because when you say destiny helpers people are thinking somebody that is a billionaire Tony Elumelu. it's a lie sometimes it's that elderly man that has only one eye that his shoe is worn out that God put for that season in your journey. Every time you walk through the gates, the man is saying words of wisdom for you. You just pass and trivialize it. You didn't know that that's the man God has put for you for that season. Mm. So let's not downplay the role of mentorship. Every young man listening to this call, every fiance of a man, you should let him make sure he listens to this part over and over again. Mr. Preston, he told says he has to listen to this part. If And if you're a girl who's listening on this call, you have a man that you're dating, and he doesn't have any mentor he's submitting to. You are in trouble. <laughs> you are in trouble. Big trouble. You are in trouble because any man that cannot, that, that nobody can call him to order, bro, like run with your, for your, for your, with your life. So, which is what I'm going to say. Mentorship, you, you cannot underrate it. If you can't go far, it's not a lie. Everybody you are admiring, they have a mentor. Mm. Even a, my mentor have mentors. So it's important that you have people you are gaining from that their future looks like your future or their present reality looks like your future. So thank you so, so much, Itofa. Still talking about mentors, right? Mentorship and creating impact. I, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to be careful mm-hmm. so that people don't just see this conversation from the impact mm-hmm. development area mm-hmm. and all that, right? Yeah. Um, you can have mentors at work. Yeah. You, know, you can have mentors for your finances. You can have mentors for different, mm-hmm. different, different areas of your life. And now really connecting to um, all of this, um, I want to ask a question. Who are some people within uh, the international yeah. and local yeah. uh, impact <laughs> space yeah that have inspired Mm. you and inspired the work that you're doing to make the world a better place? Oh, 
very, very interesting. Fela Duro Toyesa. I hope you get listening to this podcast. FD has played a very heavy role in my journey. FD, there is Chef Yose Andres, the founder of World Central Kitchen. He founded World Central Kitchen that's currently serving over a million, what is a million, close to a billion meals in in, in disasters affected zone. You have um, organizations that you have men like Oto in Nigeria, the founder of Slum to School Africa, who's doing incredible work. You have chess in the slum. These are people doing incredible things. So for me, I've been able to glean from men like Oto, men like Feladro Toye. I've been able to glean from men like Chef Yose Andres. There's also Stephen Curry. He's the founder of Eat, Learn and Play. What they are doing in the city of New York to provide mobile food banks and mobile libraries for children in the inner city. So these are people that I have looked up, I've looked up to, you know, that just like these things they're doing is incredible. I want to be able to replicate it. You know, there's also Lagos Food Bank, even there's Banky W as well. What is doing with Lekki Food Bank as well? So, so these are people really for me that have really, really inspired me. That's amazing. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for um, sharing. And the truth is, um, okay, obviously, I think it, that was in the month of June, mm-hmm. right? We were all together with yes. Fela He's someone that, as much as you really respect, is someone I also um, really respect. And uh, if you can think back to that experience, we were with Fela and the other people. Remember when, um, towards the end, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. we're having like one-on-one mm-hmm. with them. You know, joke, jokingly, seriously, <laughs> uh, I think it was less than two weeks mm. after fella mm. after we had the mm. whole conversation mm. and i i will call it an encounter with fella mm. mm. that you were in my office right you i think you were in my office that they were um Like you were in my office, I think that was less than two weeks after the encounter mm-hmm. with Fela Duro Toye. Yeah. And then I was showing you how um, we were trying, the things we felt were going to be birthing, yes. right? Yes. Before, prior to that time, we had just been working on the Ideal Man yeah. Initiative. Yeah. And then in my, that was when in my, you were in my office and I was talking about the Ideal Man mm-hmm. Tribe. I was mm-hmm. talking about the Ideal Man Podcast and many other things that are going to be birthed, right? And it's funny how just mm. barely two weeks mm. after that mm. encounter with Fela Durotoye. Yeah. And if you can remember when he was really, um, I would say, praying yeah, yeah, yeah. for us and speaking mm. to us, mm. when he was talking to me, mm. I don't know if you can remember, I, I, I know I told you that yeah. evening where he said, um, every grace that I need, mm. that he was telling me, mm. that every grace that I need for the work that I'm supposed to do, mm. that he has, mm. He releases it <laughs> onto me. <laughs> Seemingly casual words, not trying to sound too spiritual or religious, but those were destiny transforming words. Mm. And in less than two weeks, mm. the idea to start the Ideal Man podcast, the Ideal Man tribe, and many other things just flowed. And what are we doing right now? Mm. We are recording the mm. Ideal Man podcast. Right. So really that just talks about the, um, like you rightly said, mm. people who guide you, people whose story yeah. um, leads you, people who are able to act some form of, uh, as a form of authority mm. over your life. And then they are able to guide you. Yeah. Still talking, we're, we're still talking about the whole thing around um, why men should document their stories, yeah. why men should um, cr- um, create stories around their journey. Mm. Right, and I, I really don't know about, about maybe some friends that you have or like guys generally. Yeah. One issue that I see that we have because for some years now, the Ideal Man Initiative mm-hmm. has been preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important that we pay attention to the next generation yeah. of men. Yeah. It's important mm-hmm. we pay attention to the next generation of men. Mm-hmm. But then, who is supposed to raise the next generation of men? Mm-hmm. Is the men of today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The young men of today. The older men of today, they are the ones who are supposed to raise the next generation of men. But I don't know why, Itofa. It seems to me like we run away from wanting to raise the next generation. Right? So I have I have I have guys, I know guys who are all like, wow, you guys are doing an amazing work at the Ideal Man Initiative. You guys are doing an amazing work. And I'm like, you can help. All you need to do is pick one, two, or three teenage boys within your environment and have them 
be accountable to you for their lives. Guide them through the learnings, your growth, your mistakes, the things that you have done that has brought you to where you are right now. No matter how sweet or bitter your story is, there is something that they can learn from you. So that thing around the fact that somehow we want to withdraw from taking a role of a mentor even to the boys who are behind us. Why do you think that happens? Why do you think um, we've adopted that as young men? I think somewhere we bought a narrative that says that um, every malam to his own care to law. <laughs> so somebody probably sold the narrative to us that, and I told you now that, look, I woke up one morning at 4 a.m. and there was a burden in my spirit and God put specific people in my heart and said, mentor these people. I didn't understand what he meant. Because honestly, I'm not going to lie. Me try to run away. I was like, don't call me mentor. <laughs> to tell you the truth, at some point, like it just used to irk me. Like I try my best to avoid like that having someone be, having someone depend mm. on me for mm. guidance yeah. but for real it's over that's some serious thing yeah right to have someone depend on you mm. for let, let me allow you to keep talking yeah so i think what we're really running from is that fact because if you if, if you're going to be a mentor to somebody it means that you, you need to get your life straight so we don't want to get our life straight we want to be able to do the things we're doing that's why we don't want to, we don't want to be mentored to anybody why do a lot of men marry run away from marriage so people tell you it's money. It's a lie. Some of them don't want to be, they're not ready to settle down. They don't right. want to be committed. <laughs> yeah, that thing around commitment, right? Mm. And it, it, talking about the whole marriage thing, it also ties to this whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Being committed to someone that is a younger version of you. Mm-hmm. And somewhere, somewhere in my head, I feel like a lot of us as guys, we do not, we do not really, really love mm. the younger us. Like if we were to look back, we see that we've really made a a, a lot of mistakes. Mm. There are a lot of things that the older Ojobo is not proud yeah. that the younger Ojobo may have done, mm. or that you you get what I'm yes, saying. Well. So it it just because like I was sharing earlier, the the boys who um I was first exposed to when I was a coordinator, mm. right? I could literally see myself in them. And I will not lie to you. It's not every time I saw myself in them, them and, and I'm like, wow, younger me. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God. I did this. I had this mindset. Wow. Like this boy is literally, literally, I'm, I'm, it's as if I'm mini me, mini me. And, and it just, I had to get to a higher place, a higher place before I could actually look back and say, okay, I think I I need I can hold this person by the hand, wow. right? And like I'll allow you to um, keep talking. And like you're rightly saying, right? That we, we don't want to commit. Mm-hmm. That's another level of responsibility. Of okay. Committing to someone who is younger than you, because you you know it's funny, but this conversation seems like it's merging somewhere. Mm-hmm. We do not want to commit, mm-hmm. and on one hand. We do not want to be vulnerable mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. because for me to guide you, yeah. I have to be vulnerable to you. Mm-hmm. I have to show you my wounds. Mm-hmm. I have to show you the parts where I made a mistake on my path. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's deep. Can we pay our offering right now? You know, and it's true, Oji. Oji, I really agree with you 100%. Because for you to be able to commit to something, you should want to be able to show your scars, your wound. Because what's the point of mentorship if I cannot show you that, look, I've been through this path and I was burnt here. And I and I burned it. I lost everything. Bro, like, you cannot go through that path. But, I mean, I don't want to. I'm still, I'm James Bond, right? So, I think everything is coming to a culminating point. That's saying, look, it's okay to be vulnerable as a, as a man. It's okay to to actually be open to receive accountability open to want to share a part of you that nobody knows it's okay to actually become very teachable it's okay to know because i feel like you know the thing with men eh, we're social animals so so when when you're in a circle where everybody's fo- everybody's fo- focused on the 95 and you're the only one that comes to say you want to save the world people will laugh at you i'm here to tell you that look it's okay to be the different person from the crowd to be that different wolf in the park. 
it's very okay because we need people like yourself. Steve Jobs calls them the outliers. Yeah. Was this Steve Jobs? I called them more. I'm Adam Grant. The out, outliers. Like, we need outliers. We need people who disrupt status quo and, and, and things. And that's why OJ is setting this stuff up so that men like yourself, men like myself can come and share our wounds and for other people to hear it and for people who, who are listening, who are gleaning from this story, we'll be like, man, these guys are touching, they're striking a chord. We're so, so, so grateful. Well, thank you so, so much, Itofa. Um, while we were speaking, I was, one of the things I was trying to be careful about is as much as we're trying to talk about your experience and your story, which aligns really with the whole, dev, with the development space, not every man is in the development space. Not every man who wants to be in the development space or has to be in the development space to create impact in the society. So I want to just ask, what little practices can I, as a listener, can I adopt as a man to also create impact in the world or commit to something bigger than me? First, I want you to realize that as a man, you're a nation builder. You're a nation builder. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to build. Whether it's in church, you're building. Whether it's in your relationship, you're building and leading. Whether it's in your country, you're building and leading. I, this has to seep into your subconscious so that every day you know that I have an alarm on my phone that when it, when it goes off, it says the next generation is waiting it over. And that's supposed to be a reminder to me that look, it over is beyond bread and butter. <laughs> it's beyond bread and butter. It's beyond bread and fanta. The next generation is waiting for you. So get up and read. Get up and pray. Get up and study. So little practices are really very simple. Look for mentors you can glean from. And your mentor doesn't have to be in America. doesn't have to be in Nigeria with you. A copy of Sim- Simon Sinek book means you spend time with him. I read a book by um, 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 Robin Sharma, The 101 Guide to Greatness. And he says every single time you, 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 you said you can have coffee with Gandhi, you can have lunch with Oprah Winfrey, you can have breakfast with Jay Shetty. All you need to do is pick up a book. You're gleaning from their thoughts. Sorry to interrupt you. You mentioned Jay Shetty and I just had to come in. Jay Shetty is my guy. Go on. So every single, single time you pick up the resources that is from these people. You're, you're, you're reshaping your mind. I mean, I love John Maxwell, somebody that I've listened to. Do you know, there was a, one of his podcast interviews I was listening to, and he said it in passing casually. In, ca- in passing casually, he said that when that he, he pays his grandparents, his grandchildren to read. He pays them to study that. And, and I'm like, the Nigerian in me is like, pay you to study. But I realized that he now started talking about the things his grandkids are doing. And I realized that even though that was an incentive, a time will come where that thing will become a habit. Not the money. That habit of studying will become a part of them. I just learned a parenting strategy. I just learned a parenting strategy. Why? Because I listened to a podcast from John Maxwell. That's how you build little habits like reading books, gleaning resources from people that look like your future, that have track record of results. Track record of results. I listened to that podcast from Feladrote from free to fee. Do you remember that podcast? Yes, yes. From free to fee. That was so that was so transformative. Before you come into a come, I'll just go. I couldn't ask people for money. That thing broke a mindset in my mind. Now I can charge for anything. I know I can give it to you free, but I'll make you realize that look, I'm giving you this thing as a discounted rate, right? So so these are things that you need to holistically grow, holistically help you build and become everything. Amazing, amazing. And on the final note, really, um, what, what still around the question we just answered, right? Mm-hmm. What little things can I do in my everyday life, mm-hmm. right? Like factual, like factual, actual things that I can do in my everyday life to commit to something yeah. bigger than me. Yeah. Remember when we started the podcast, one of the first things I said was that we've really never started living mm-hmm. until we are living beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what little everyday mm-hmm. practice yeah. can I, when, when I, when I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I say, okay, yes, yeah. I'm living beyond myself. Yeah. When I'm doing that, I say, yes, I'm living beyond myself. If I don't talk about meditation, Ojobo will shoot me in this face. Ojobo is a very big fan of meditation. Meditation is very, very, it's important. And then number two, you need to have a, you need to have a vision board. Have a vision board. If you check OJ's wallpaper, OJ has a wallpaper, like a vision. <laughs> he has a vision board, beautiful vision board on his wallpaper. The idea is that you want to be able to glean at your future. You know, I wish I could share some really personal stories, but with time you hear about the testimony. But the thing is, 
things like meditation, visualization, dreaming is free. Dreaming is free because in doing that, what it does for you is that it helps you to be able to believe and how you can make impacts in the world. So whether it's impacts in business, whether it's impact as a man, you know, in, in your business, in your family, at the end of the day, what it does for you is that things like meditation, practice, studying books, you know, you know, loving up on people, these little, little things help to serve as a building block for you. Amazing. So let me just end on, let me just finish what you had started, the part where you're talking about loving on others, right? Being able to do things for people that they are not, they are probably not able to pay us for right and that's something that helps us in our everyday life to be able to create impact also to be able to um just picking up some of what we have said to be able to pick my story and share my story right that helps me to create impact in the world right as a man those are little things so like we said it doesn't necessarily have to be in the development space right it can be even in your business Right, that you're able to share your story with someone who is coming behind you, a man or a woman who is coming behind you, by virtue of doing that, you are creating impact, yes. right? Even down to your immediate environment, doing something as, as little as maybe having a monthly environmental cleanup yes. in your in, in, in your volunteering. In, volunteering, right? Just doing stuff that's beyond you. Mm. With all of that, you're able to create impact. And I'll end with saying what I started with. We cannot say we've started really living until we are living beyond ourselves. Itofa, it's been a pleasure having you on the Ideal Man podcast today. Thank you so, so much. Shout out to the new family. Ensure you're a part of the family. Like, subscribe, share, comment, spread the word. <laughs> Thank you. So go on your favorite podcast um, platforms the ideal man podcast if you're listening to this podcast do well to like do well to comment do well to share let us know what part of the podcast um inspired you the most and something that you're taking from it thank you for listening to the ideal man podcast today it's over it was a pleasure having you today we've come to the end of this podcast episode remember to learn grow and thrive in the most important areas of your life till the next episode from myself and those in the studio enjoy the rest of your day